Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Monday, May the 8th. Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith back after the uh, weekend. And uh, nice to have a Sunday off, actually. It was nice with no show yesterday, a chance to uh, recharge the batteries a little bit. And uh, as again, uh, we're going to be doing that moving forward. Just uh, I know there was some, uh, you know, some miscommunication or some, uh, some, some few people were uh, unsure. I guess because, you know, we're just there's everyone's so used to this show being seven days a week that the one week that we do take a, a Sunday off, I guess it throws people for a loop. But we plan on doing this moving forward on the weekend that uh, we'll probably just do a show Saturday cover all the games for the weekend and then come back on Monday and take Sunday off. I think that's going to be the plan for us moving forward uh, for the uh, rest of the uh, playoffs. But uh, it was a great, exciting weekend and a pretty exciting night coming up on tap. We'll obviously talk the only game in the Stanley Cup playoffs tonight, game three of a very intriguing series with the Vegas Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers. And of course, before that gets underway, it is the draft lottery and one of the most anticipated draft lotteries in recent memory. Why, of course, Connor Bedard. That's why uh, someone will be uh, drafting first overall, winning the lottery tonight, and get the chance to uh, draft what looks to be very likely a franchise changing, franchise altering hockey player, one that will clearly speed up the rebuild process for any of the teams that are very fortunate to select him. Uh, Alex, of course, your team near and dear to your heart is right there in the mix. The Chicago Blackhawks with a chance to get Connor Bedard in the lottery tonight. The day has finally arrived. Connor Bedard will know his NHL destination in just about six hours from now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's the biggest moment, uh, you know, for all the teams that are involved, obviously in the lottery, but like I said, certainly for Hawks fans, I mean, as miserable of a season as this was this past year, uh, we're hoping that, you know, the tanking has paid off. And uh, hopefully that we will be the last team named uh, get that number one pick overall pick. So looking forward to it. Like I said, just you know, eagerly anticipating the moment. We were talking off air about how this thing's gonna get drawn out like hell. They're gonna have forty five people relay the same notes we've heard about Connor Bedard all year long. They'll probably talk to him, you know, uh, individually, and uh, along with maybe a couple other players. And uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how the broadcast goes. But like I said, the, we'll have to wait. Uh, and that, that hour is going to be a very long wait for all of the fans who, uh, who root for teams that are in this lottery tonight. Yeah, they've, they've basically got a half an hour broadcast uh, window for the draft lottery, 8 p.m. Eastern to 8.30 p.m. Eastern, which will go right into the Vegas-Edmonton game. But, you know, for a fact, and you can guarantee it, you can write this down right now, take the over 8.20 p.m. when this fucking lottery is actually going to happen, okay? <laughs> First 20 minutes is going to be just build up, build up, hype, interview every friggin' GM that's in the mix, have an interview with Bedard. You know they're going to have one just like they did with McDavid the year of his draft, uh, just like they did with Crosby going all the way back uh, into the 2000s. So they'll build the hell out of this thing, and you won't see it start till probably the last five, ten minutes of the uh, broadcast uh, window that's available uh, for this draft lottery just to uh, make sure that all the fan bases are feeling even more butterflies in their stomach uh, before this uh, draft lottery transpires. So that should be exciting to see. Uh, who ends up getting that first overall pick. And I caution everybody that doesn't get the first overall pick. This is a pretty good draft this year. 
and especially whoever gets number two overall. Uh, Adam Fantilli's a hell of a player, and he's going to get probably go number two. Uh, the kid out of Michigan uh, had a great season there, uh, played very well in the World Junior Hockey Championship. And there's a lot of other good players right behind uh, Bedard and then right behind Fantilli as well. So, you know, you're going to get a pretty good hockey player, uh, but obviously everyone wants Mr. Bedard and how it's hard not to when you see what he was doing uh, in junior hockey uh, this past year and the kind of uh, ability he it sure looks like he's going to have at the uh, NHL level. No question about that. So the draft lottery, we're excited about that. We've got Vegas and Edmonton, of course, tonight as well. But first, we'll look back on the weekend that was. We won't talk too much Vegas-Edmonton because we'll be talking about the game specifically other than just quickly to say that, you know, Edmonton's power play, you know, rolled early. Vegas got in penalty trouble and it put them right behind the eight ball on Saturday night. And you just can't do that against this Edmonton team. This is the single greatest power play I've seen in 30 years. It's not even a debate anymore what the Edmonton Oilers are doing with the power play. It's sick. It's it's an un, it's incredible. It's amazing. It's just poetry in motion when you watch these guys operate with the man advantage. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl, man, his Conn Smythe trophy odds are crashing by the minute, by the second. Uh, it's just unbelievable. He continues to be a dominant force. Uh, for the Edmonton Oilers, and that was domination start to finish. And what was encouraging for Edmonton is that was a much better five-on-five even strength game from them uh, as well against Ed, uh, against Vegas on Saturday night. So that series is 1-1. We'll talk game three in just a moment. Yesterday, welcome back to the second round of the playoffs, the New Jersey Devils. Man, what a job by them yesterday. An eight-goal explosion against one of the best defensive teams in the NHL and certainly of the teams remaining in the playoffs. Carolina's right up there as one of the best defensive teams still standing. And New Jersey lit them up like a Christmas tree in May. It was just very, very impressive to see all the big guns stepped up. Heashier was great. Jack Hughes a little quiet uh, in the uh, first two games of the series. But knowing his team's backs were against the wall, they needed a win. Jack Hughes stepped up. It's a message to you there, Austin Matthews, Nylander, Marner, you spineless fucks. And I'll get to you in a moment. Um you know, you look at this New Jersey team, uh, and um, I'm I'm just very impressed that everybody stepped up, right? They all know they had to be better, you know, after those first two games against Carolina. Uh, and when you look at uh, the way Hughes played, Heashier, of course, Andre Pilat, Stanley Cup winner with Tampa Bay, uh, he picked it up for the New Jersey Devils. Their defensive game was better. They, they connected on the power play. Uh, they Their forecheck was so much better. Another thing the Leafs can't figure out anything about. Uh, the Devils' forecheck was a lot better uh, yesterday. They caused turnovers. They got pressure on Carolina. They forced them into uncharacteristic turnovers and defensive blunders and mistakes with the puck. That's New Jersey's um, you know, forecheck that was a whole lot better, stronger on pucks. I think Luke Hughes, the brother of Jack, getting uh, integrated into the lineup was a nice call by Lindy Ruff. A little bit more speed at the back end uh, as well, getting that puck north-south uh, for the New Jersey Devils uh, a lot quicker. Uh, and really, uh, you know, not making it as easy for Carolina to just set up defensively uh, in their own zone, which was a big problem for New Jersey, trying to break them down in the first two games. And it also didn't hurt New Jersey's cause that, man, Freddie Anderson's alarm clock did not go off yesterday. He was hideous on two of the three goals he gave up in the first period. Hideous. The first goal, he couldn't track Meyer at the side of the net. The third goal, I don't know what the fuck he was doing on the on the shorty by Michael McLeod, just kind of fell down and fell on his face there and just totally lost the net and didn't track the puck at all. Uh, and even the fourth goal, he's swimming. 
uh, early in the second period before he got the hook. So it was a, just a horrendous day for Freddie Anderson. But it's not all on him. Uh, Carolina, maybe as Rod Brindamore said in the postgame, Alex, one of the worst defensive games uh, he's ever seen them play. He'd given up eight goals. He says that never happens to us. Well, it did yesterday. But credit to the New Jersey Devils, Alex. They've got themselves, at least after game three, they've got themselves back in the series. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it's, it's funny how the question mark and goal has kind of flipped a little bit from uh, New Jersey to Carolina. And like I said, you know, what's the thing we said in the playoff preview or we said all year, last year and a half, and uh, actually about the Carolina Hurricanes. If they have injury issues with the goaltending, it could get problematic. And Ronta and Anderson are two goalies that just cannot stay healthy. So now you have to throw Kachekov into the mix, uh, play, put him in cold after Anderson looked bad. And, you know, he's the guy you really need to go to at this point. It, it, it's clear and obvious that he's better of the three goalies. And, you know, yesterday was just a bad day. But, you know, throughout just the body of work and, and, and consistency, I, I think the time is now. And I think you can put him in and start him in game four and moving forward because – I feel like this team's already going to have enough bounce back. They, they, they said you get pumped for eight goals. You got to come back with the fire, especially this kind of a Carolina team. Uh, so give Kachekov a chance to start, get some confidence with a win, and then you go back home with a three-one series lead. Things are you know smoothing, you know, cooling back into your favor. So that's the way I would look at that if I'm Carolina. For New Jersey, they did what they had to do. You know, I, I love that uh, first period puck line. And I said they have to win the first period, otherwise they lose this game and they're getting probably more likely swept out of the series. Came out with three goals, uh, just kept pressing, never stopped attacking, uh, you know, more physical. We saw uh, Ajo and Hughes kind of uh, mud wrestling, basically. I wouldn't call it a fight by any means. But, you know, like I said, just having, you know, guys who don't normally even, you know, get that physical. I just like that they got in a physical altercation, quote unquote, loosely physical. Right, right. And that's the thing with the playoffs. Yeah, guys who wouldn't normally step up and do that in the regular season, they're doing it in the playoffs now because they know the momentum changes are are huge. Uh, So I'm really excited to see what happens. Obviously, you know, we keep running with the over. And sure enough, last night, I see the number five and a half over. So I grabbed it again. As long as they keep giving us five and a half of this series that we've seen literally go over in uh, three straight meetings. Let's keep on writing that. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. That was a great game from a betting standpoint for for me as well. I mean, first period puck line on New Jersey. I had the over in the game, five and a half. That's now three and zero to the over in this series as well. Devils Hurricanes. There's been no adjustment. We'll talk about that very same theme in as far as the totals of the series are concerned with uh, Dallas and Seattle, where there's absolutely been zero adjustment with the totals in that series. Also three and zero. Uh, to the over. And you could actually say it about the Toronto, Florida series in the other direction. No adjustment. All the totals have been six and a half and every game in that series has gone under uh, so far. So uh, it's just the way it's gone. It seems. And that's another thing too. There's a lot of times people look to bet that, you know, something different from what we just saw. First game goes over eh, maybe we'll bet second game under the total or first game goes uh, 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 under the total. Oh, we'll bet the second game over the total. Well, the way these series have gone is that we've got three of the four, a series here in the uh, opening in the second round where every game's either gone over or every game's gone under. So sometimes you just roll with, you know, the way the flow of the game, the, the game and the, and the series are going. And if there's no adjustment being made to it by odds makers, uh, then you can definitely keep rolling with it. And 
Yeah, Jack Hughes missing the front tooth, of course, missing one tooth in his uh, the the top teeth there. Yeah, he already looks like you know five six year old kid, and he really looks like it with the tooth missing. Uh, there's no uh, <laughs> there's no question about that. But now he's a playoff player, so I guess you could say he's definitely arrived at the playoffs. Not only with the look with missing the tooth, but obviously playing the way he did for the Devils. And again, they're right back uh, in the series. So we had the Devils step up in a game they had to win, and then we had the Toronto Maple Leafs who were attempting to step up in a game they had to win uh, yesterday. And it started out well for the Leafs. Up one nothing. Uh, Sam Lafferty getting the opening goal. Beautiful two-on-one uh, that they connected on. Uh, and Toronto had a great first, I would say 10. I don't think I can give them credit for a great first 20 minutes because I thought in the last 10 minutes of the first period, Florida was really starting to push a bit and, and come on. But uh, Toronto ended up holding the fort. One nothing, cashing my best bet with the Leafs again in the first period puck line at a nice plus one seventy price. So I was very happy to see that uh, take place. But then we got to the second period, and I talked about how it was inexcusable on home ice after the first period of Game Two for the Leafs to come out not ready to play in the second period of Game Three. They didn't learn their fucking lesson. It was the same shit. They were not ready to play. They iced the puck multiple times. They took a penalty, which was actually a good penalty by Shen, saved a goal. He ended up crashing Anelia Samsonov in the process. Uh, and uh, sure enough, Samsonov leaves the game uh, due to injury, doesn't return. And Joseph Wall, who I think is going to be a pretty good goaltender long-term in this league, you know, has to come in in a very tough spot uh, in his first-ever playoff you know, appearance in a game that his team has to win, essentially, to stay alive in the series. You talk about a tough spot to put this young goalie in. That was that uh, for Joseph Wall. And yet he comes in there. And you would think with the young kid going in there, you'd think, wow, what a tough spot for this kid. We got to button it up. We got to be even better and with our details defensively. We've got to really, really make sure we button this thing down, tighten this thing up, and make sure we make no mistakes, no blunders. Sure as shit, what the fuck happens two minutes later on the Florida power play? You give up a breakaway on a power play. How does that happen? How do you do that to this young kid who's just in the game in his first playoff minutes? You give up a, a breakaway on a power play? Are you shitting me? The ineptitude. It really boggles the mind. There's nothing actually that boggles the mind with it when anything that comes to the Toronto Maple Leafs anymore. You give up a breakaway on a power play, and the Duke, Anthony Duclair, makes the Leafs pay for it, and it's a tie game. Unacceptable. It can't happen. Giving up a breakaway uh, on a power play. Pathetic all around. Um, and then the Leafs actually get a little bit of a fortuitous break. Take the lead 2-1. to one. Shot ends up deflecting off Mark Stahl, an own goal, uh, essentially, uh, to give them a 2-1 to one lead. You could say turnaround's fair play because same thing happened at the other uh, end of the – not so much. It was not an own goal, but uh, off the uh, backside of Carter Verhage, uh, no chance for Joseph Wall. Uh, and it's a 2-2 tie. And then in the third period, you know, obviously this is an enormous moment for the Leafs. They they can't afford to lose this game. You would think there's a huge push coming in the third period, particularly from the core four. Austin Matthews, John Tavares, William Nylander, uh, and Mitch Marner. Well, guess what? They were awful last night. And they've been awful in this whole series. No push, no, no thrust offensively. Just, again, more turnovers of the puck and giveaways of the puck from all four of those guys. Can John Tavares not have a shift anymore where he's not falling down and losing an edge or something? It seems like it's happening every shift for him. He's like blowing a tire every time he's out there. You know, it's absolutely remarkable. 
that that, that that's happening to him all the time. Marner can't make, uh, do anything now without giving the puck away. Uh, Matthews either hits the post or misses the net on his shots, uh, and he's making some bad turnovers that are uncharacteristic of him. Now, to his credit, I also did see him make a couple of good defensive plays in the third period to break up some Florida chances. So I will give him that. But uh, look, at the end of the day, and we'll get to, and then of course in overtime, you talk about not being ready to go at the start of overtime. They iced the puck how many times? Three times? Three times to begin overtime, the Leafs iced the puck. That's nerves. That's jittery. That's tight. That's, you know, you're shitting your pants. You're shitting fucking bricks right there on the ice when you're doing that. Three fucking consecutive icings in overtime. You know, does that any more of an indication that you are tight and you are feeling it, uh, the the pressure uh, of the Stanley Cup playoffs? Uh, and sure enough, after the third icing, it's another turnover at the opposing blue line. Uh, nobody contains Sam Reinhardt in the neutral zone. He's allowed to just waltz into the leap zone, uh, ends up getting the puck behind the net, comes back around to uh, Reinhardt behind the net, and then you've got both defensemen just standing there, not even paying any attention to him. The forwards aren't even close to helping out with the back check. And Reinhardt just spins out in front of the net and rips it home past wall uh, for the overtime winner. And now the Leafs have to try to do something down 3 nothing in the series that only four other teams have accomplished, coming back from 3 nothing down to win uh, in seven games. In fact, one of the teams that did it was a Toronto Maple Leafs team back in 1942 in the Stanley Cup final that year. Well, here's the difference. That team probably had a bunch of guys with heart, with guts, with intestinal fortitude. You know, they had an owner in Con Smythe that demanded, you know, excellence from his team every single year. That guy was that guy will go down in history as one of the best owners in sports history and most successful, Con Smythe. That's why the damn trophy's named after him for Stanley Cup MVP. You know, they have none of those characteristics. They don't have an owner that cares about winning. You think MLSE gives two shits about, you know, that they might be going out in four straight? No care about their fill in the seats. You know, it's the, the, they'll always be loved. They'll always sell merch. They'll always do put money in the coffers of MLSE. That's what they're concerned about. You know, they don't concern about a winning product. Con Smythe wanted to win. These MLSE fucks and dopes with the suits, they don't care. They don't. And then, of course, on the players on the ice. And it starts with, again, the core four players. Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares. Awful. Non-existent. Couldn't find them with a telescope on the ice. You've got multiple uh, talk show hosts uh, in Toronto, including Brian Hayes, who does the very popular Overdrive show, talking about complete no-show ghosts from Matthews and Marner in particular. I'd throw the whole four in there. Just awful that they have not got – they don't have a goal, the four of them combined in this series. You would think one of them has found the back. It's been four games in this series, and not one of them has a goal for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and it's it's bitterly disappointing. It feels like lessons of the past have not been learned on this group. You've got to find a way to score. This is not the, oh, we had some, and I heard the same shit I heard last year and two years ago when they started losing and bowing out in the playoffs. Oh, but we had our chances. We had some good looks, but, you know, we got to stick with our process. No, the process isn't let's win the shots on goal battle. The process isn't this wins the scoring chances battle for Matthews, Marner, Nylander, DeVars. This is put the puck in the freaking net. I remember I'm saying this same shit last year about this group. Put the puck in the freaking net. Put the biscuit in the basket. That's what you're paid to do. We're only paying 50% of the, the, the team's salary cap to you four guys. We, we, could we ask for one fucking goal in the series from one of you? 
from one of your sorry asses? Could someone just accidentally run their way and put a puck in the net? Holy mackerel. One, not one goal from Nylander, Matthews, Marner, and, and uh, Tavares. That's stunning through four games uh, of this series. Just absolutely pathetic. And look, they want to win. This isn't a matter of they don't care. This is they don't want to play the kind of hockey at playoff time that is required. Front of the net, taking punishment, hard on pucks, winning battles, north-south hockey. None of this east-west dipsy doodle. Try to make a backhand pass, no look at the opposing blue line or your own blue line. That's not winning playoff hockey. That's not hard playoff hockey. Their forechecking has to be better. Everything. Go into the tough areas to score. You're seeing Florida do that. You're seeing Florida's best players, for the most part, do that. You are not seeing Toronto's best players do that. And that's the difference right now in this series. And they are up against it now. 3-0 as we head to uh, Game 4 on uh, Wednesday night uh, against the Florida Panthers. And uh, so now you're down 3-0. Now we'll have to see if Samsonov's ready to go. And um, I'm almost out of believing in this group uh, as currently constructed. I actually, and I'm I'm mad because I did take a few goal props involving some of these guys, the collective that have yet scored in this series. And again, it's the same old shit. They, they didn't produce enough last year in the in the series against Tampa when they lost in seven. They were totally non-existent against Montreal two years ago when I really railed on them following that loss to the Canadians where they blew a 3-1 series lead. And they are just, after a pretty good first round, I'll give them that. Matthews was really good in the first round against Tampa couple of the other guys, too. I thought they had a pretty decent series against Tampa. But they have been collective ghosts right now uh, here against Florida. Zero goals in four games combined for the core four. Unacceptable, Alex. It ain't good enough. And unless it changes Wednesday night, it's time to get the golf clubs out in Toronto. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I say it on this program often. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Uh, you know, like I said, this is a Leafs team. They're going to leave. Uh, that's what I texted and <laughs> messaged yesterday when I when I had a couple of those live props and, and, and went on and bet, um, you know, Florida money line plus one fifteen and live. It, it just you know it's it's baffling how like I said the top stars just go completely absent, radio silent. Uh, you know, you got Sam Lafferty being the guy to chip in. You know, with your scoring efforts, that's not you want him chipping in in a big game where the, the stars have taken over and put it out of reach. You don't want him being one of your two goal scorers when you're uh, trailing 2-0 in a series when you've lost two games at home. Uh, it, like I said, it's completely unacceptable. And I, I will give Leafs fans credit because I didn't – at least I didn't see it last night on Twitter. I didn't see a whole lot of rumbling about, you know, the, the Samsonov uh, collision and the injury and saying that that should have been a penalty or, you know, an injection or anything like that. I didn't see any of that. So that was that was a positive – uh, from, from the Leafs fans, but obviously it's just a, a bad situation, and I don't see themselves see them climbing, getting themselves out of this hole right now. Even even in this one game, you know, game four, it just doesn't seem like just their body language off the ice after losing that game. You know, that's the thing I always look for. You know, that that was a back breaking loss. Uh, not only to go down three zero, but you go into overtime. Like I said, you know, no life in overtime. You know, icing the puck early as if they're still gassed. That that's a bad sign. So I think the series is over. I think Florida uh, comes out on Wednesday, and I think this is one of those where having those extra days, I said this before uh, the first round, those extra days, they don't help you. They hurt you uh, when you're in this spot. If, if, if Toronto can get them back on the ice tonight, they probably have a good chance to win. But now they got to sit and think about this tomorrow and then into the game day on Wednesday. 
I think that's just gonna it's just gonna sit too heavy on them. Just like the the pressure was sitting on them, you know, to close out the first round, it, it, it's that same pressure again. And I think they're gonna fold underneath it. Uh, so, Florida and four. Yeah, how does anyone have confidence in them doing anything but folding under this pressure in Game Four? They've given you no evidence of the the, the alternative uh, in these spots, and um, yeah, and now they got to sit on it, and now it's an extra day for everybody locally. Uh, in the Toronto media and fan base to, uh, you know, rip the shreds out of these uh, core four uh, star players on the team that have done nothing so far in this uh, series. And by the way, I mean, just last year, even earlier this year, but especially last year, two years ago, and last year in particular, which was, you know, the incredible, what, 60-goal season uh, that Austin Matthews had, you know, we were making uh, the point that he's um, top three player in the NHL. He's right there, uh, essentially, with uh, – Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, uh, hell, Leon Dreisaitl, who was just absolutely unstoppable right now, wasn't even mentioned in that discussion with Matthews, McDavid, and McKinnon last year. Well, I can tell you this, with especially this series and this performance from number 34, uh, Austin Matthews, that shit has that ship has sailed. You're dropping in the, those rankings like a stone. If you don't show up in game four and do something, you know, you're 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 your stock as a top two or three player in this league, it's going to drop. It has to, because playoff performance has to be worth a shit. It has to matter. Okay. And when you look at it now, it's not been good enough in this series. And right now, you know, he's not in that mix. He's not in that mix with what I've seen uh, collectively from him in playoff times. You know, at the moment, Austin Matthews isn't a pimple. He isn't a wart on the butthole of Connor McDavid or, you know, Nathan McKinnon or Leon Dreisaitl, you know, yeah, McDavid and Dreisaitl are searching for their first Stanley Cups, but you know what they're doing right now? They are making an impact. They are scoring. They are producing. They are carrying their team to try to win these playoff games and these series. And even if they do lose, they're making an impact. McKinnon's won a cup. He's got a Stanley Cup last year. Matthews and Marner and, and that group with Toronto, they're not even close to these three. And they're dropping even further, especially if they bow out. Uh, on Wednesday night. And then the uh, last game uh, on Sunday was Dallas and Seattle. Man, what an ass kicking. All Seattle. Uh, they run away with it. Kudos to Alex, who was uh, liking the spot with the uh, Kraken as home underdogs last night. Uh, it really did feel have that Dallas-Minnesota Game 3 vibe to it a little bit, where you know there was no doubt in Game 3 of the Wild Stars series that Minnesota was the better team. And there was no doubt last night Seattle was the better team. And uh, it really all got bad for Dallas when Miro Haskinen went out. If you don't think Miro Haskinen matters on this blue line for Dallas, look at the way things just crumbled for them after he left the game due to injury last night. Undisclosed, did not return, took a shot right off the face, right off the side of the face uh, early in that second period and was just never uh, you know, able to return after that. And uh, immediately following that, it was all Seattle. They erupted in the second period. I'll, not the best game from Jake Ottinger, but I think the whole team was rattled from seeing Haskinen, you know, take that puck in the side of the face. But it was all Seattle. Once again, what's impressive about the Kraken is their team speed. They get in on the forecheck. You know, they're so fast. They cause the opposition to make mistakes with the puck. They erupt in that 7-2 to victory, uh, the third straight over in this series that I've cashed. So that's been great. Uh, and when you look at, again, the goal-scoring contributions of the Seattle Kraken, you know what I love? It's absolutely spectacular to see it. Uh, seven different goal scorers last night. Seven different guys found the back of the net for the Kraken. Eberle, Wenberg, 
Susie, Beniers, Tolvanen, Gord, and Schultz, uh, including multiple defensemen scoring goals for them last night for the Seattle Kraken. They have depth. They have some serious depth. Line one through four is interchangeable. It was a great point Rick Tockett made, and it was good to see him back reunited with the crew this weekend on TNT. But he made the point that you can't tell the difference line one through line four with Seattle because they're all capable of just making it happen, and they all play the same way. Speed, relentless forecheck, and it's been very impressive to see it from the uh, Kraken. Uh, And uh, again, seven different players found the back of the net uh, for the Seattle Kraken last night. Now, it was an all-time bad game from Dallas. But we also saw this from Dallas in game three against Minnesota, where they had a bad game. And what did they do in game four? They bounced back, and it was a much better game from them. And they took control, and they didn't look back game four and beyond against Minnesota, winning the next three games and the series uh, against the Wild. I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult to do that here, because I think the Kraken are, are showing a lot more than the Wild did. But I would not write off Dallas just yet. Now, the Haskinen news is big, Alex. we got to see if he's able to return, because this is big. This is a huge gaping hole on the back end for the Dallas Stars if he doesn't play. Because with all due respect to Joel Hanley or Niels Lundqvist or any of the guys that would draw into the lineup, if Haskinen doesn't play in game four, uh, they're not going to be able to do what he can do in the minutes he plays and all the situations he's in at power play, penalty kill, five on five. You need, you're going to need more from Lindell and Yoni Hockenpah and Thomas Harley and Colin Miller and dare I say it, Ryan Suter, old man Suter is going to have to play more minutes. You don't necessarily want that uh, if you're the Dallas Stars. So this is a big deal, this Miro Haskinen injury, and we're going to have to see how what his status is for game four and beyond. And that could be trouble for Dallas uh, if he's out for the rest of the series. But don't write him off yet. This has been a bounce back team, and nobody's resembled that more than Jake Ottinger. Jake Ottinger has been the ultimate alpha bad game off a loss after getting pulled especially, which he did in the third period for Wedgwood last night. You watch the way he plays the next game. He's done it all the time. He is a wall back there. He is a just a brick wall in the net after a bad game. And I wouldn't shock, be shocked to see that Jake Ottinger back again in game four uh, on Tuesday night, which will be part of our bet cast, of course, tomorrow night. Uh, it'll be the second game following New Jersey and Carolina. But, uh, yeah, great win for Seattle, Alex. I've got concerns for Dallas just based on w- w- with Haskinen's status. But still, it's too early to proclaim this series over, and Dallas certainly will have a better effort in game four. I'm pretty sure of that. Oh, absolutely. And and you know, like I said, this is the way that we saw the first round go. And uh, like I said I felt comfortable about that same spot here in this, in this, uh, this series. You know, Seattle came out. You know, kept things nice and tight. You know, they weren't playing the freewheeling up and down style right away. You know, they were kind of wearing down Dallas a little bit. And that's the way you have to kind of beat Dallas. You, you can't beat them just going up and down uh, at full speed right off uh, the first puck drop. They had that kind of talent where they will, they will wear you out uh, in that fashion. But, you know, keeping things slow and then exploding late, uh, That that's the key to beating Dallas. And, and Seattle executed it perfectly and, we got a great price with it, uh, you know, plus a dollar twenty-five. But like I said, he's gonna, uh, you know, his injury is gonna be huge. My guess, like based on what I saw, because at first it looked like it was a like the lower part of the face, which that's always problematic. You think it's a broken jaw, then you you know wonder if there's surgery or something like that. Required. But the fact that it was up high, kind of uh, you know, makes it you know seem okay. Maybe this is something where he gets some stitches. Maybe he if he misses anything, he misses one whole game, comes back with a shield or a bubble. And uh, plays the rest of the series, and that's what Dallas will need. Because like I said it'll be problems uh, problems without him. But Jake Odger, trust him off of a, a loss. 
Uh, you know, these top forwards, I trust them to get their game rolling as well after having a, a slow and quiet night. And, uh, you know, like I said, I said the series is going to go six games. So we're in for a good battle uh, in game four and beyond. It will be. It will be. And, and I know Dallas is a team with or without Miro Haskin and will play a lot better. And you can already tell I'm leaning to, that, to the Dallas Stars in game four. That being said, this is a, a – and I, I don't love always overreacting to one player injury, but he's just everything for the blue line because he's their best puck mover. He's their best power play guy. He's gotten so much better the last couple of years defensively. It's amazing. how his, he's, got, he's one of the best zone exit defensemen in the NHL, Miro Haskinen. Like he, the, he's just every time the puck's on his stick, it's a nice, you know, it's not a worrisome or, you know, there's no mistake being made. It's a clean zone exit. He is that good moving that puck up the ice. And he's by far the best puck mover they've got. And, you know, nobody else comes close, you know, and uh, while they can get minutes from Hawk and Paw, you know, Lindell's capable, like nobody moves that puck up the ice. Suitors used to be able to do it, but his puck movement, you know, abilities have declined with age, as you would expect, you know, from someone like that. But, you know, definitely this is a, a, a an impact injury beyond belief for the Dallas Stars. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, if he's able to return in this series, especially for game four. Uh, here on uh, Tuesday night. So it's definitely something we're going to have to monitor uh, before tomorrow night's game four with the uh, stars and the Kraken. All right. So that was over the weekend. Uh, everything that took place. It was a, a great weekend. The triple header yesterday was a lot of fun. I definitely enjoyed it. How, how can you not with nine straight hours of hockey and three games in a row? Hard not to enjoy that. Uh, we will be back in a moment to talk Edmonton hosting Vegas tonight's game three. And the only game in the Stanley Cup playoffs, 140 live viewers on YouTube. Hit the like button. We appreciate it very much. Shout out to our podcast listeners as well. We'll be back to talk Vegas Edmonton game three tonight, right after we hear from Gramco. Support for the Ice Gas is brought to you by Gramco. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, court, or the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 THC products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products, including vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable, legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. Gramco is also available at many American retailers as well. You can get the best Delta cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. And if you visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you will get 20% off of every order. And any order that's on the site over $50 will be shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, it is time to get into tonight's one and only game in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's game three as the scene shifts to Edmonton, Rogers Place, uh, Vegas Golden Knights, Edmonton Oilers. Uh, we've got Edmonton minus 180 home favorites, uh, six and a half the total uh, in this one. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, this is definitely a series I've been into from the beginning. Game one was a spectacular game. Game two, not so much, obviously, because it was pretty much Edmonton in control uh, from start to finish. But still, we saw some great. Uh, play from the Oilers. The Connor McDavid shorthanded goal was just incredible there. I love that he just the 
blazing speed, and then he just pushes the puck, just goes left and pushes the puck back to the right against the grain, against the flow, gets Brossois moving one way, and the puck goes in the other. It was just a phenomenal goal. Uh, and it was a phenomenal game from the Edmonton Oilers. We'll see if they can carry that over. This game on ESPN tonight, they've got the draft lottery. And then this game right after that with uh, the, the closest thing they've got to Gary Thorne right now. Uh, Bob and calling this game tonight with uh, Brian Boucher. Uh, you look at it here uh, with uh, Edmonton. You know Vegas is going to push back strong and push back hard. That I have no doubt about. You know, even though I like Edmonton in the series, I said all along, I think it's going to be a good, long, tough, competitive series and nothing Edmonton gets will come easily for them uh, here in this game, but you can expect Vegas to respond in kind tonight. That was one of the worst losses they probably suffered on home ice, especially in the playoffs in a very long time, you know, five, one, they were pretty much out of the game after the first period. Uh, it was a game of frustration where, you know, they got, uh, it got chippy toward the end. Uh, you know, give the Oilers credit Skinner, Stuart Skinner had, I think a bounce back game. He was terrific. The defensive effort was much better. Uh, from the from the Edmonton Oilers in game two. They were better at even strength five on five, which they talked about they had to be. So it was just the kind of effort you wanted to see from Edmonton. But now, you know, in this kind of series, uh, it's, you know, kind of a pushback time now for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Going to be interesting to see if there are any changes to the lineup. I'm not seeing too much right now. Uh, it looks like they're not, uh, Bruce Cassidy, not overreacting too much to that 5-1 loss. Uh, I don't see that there's any huge adjustments in the line right now. And I like that he's going right back to Laurent Brossois, who I don't think could be faulted very much for game two's loss. He actually made like four or five amazing saves, quite honestly, even though you would think, wow, he gave up a bunch of goals. Aiden Hill uh, came into the game and replaced him, but he actually still ended up making a, a bunch of big saves or else it could have been even worse you know, for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. So he's back in net for uh, Vegas tonight. Obviously, Skinner for Edmonton. It will be uh, back home in Edmonton. We'll see how they fare here in this one. One thing about the uh, Vegas Golden Knights I want to point out, though, uh, is after a kind of loss like they've had, you know, multiple goals, uh, their long-term uh, record in this kind of spot is very, very strong. You know, I'm seeing a lot of when they give up five goals or more, a lot of seven and one streaks, 10 and two type of streaks. I mean, they have been very, very good off a, off a really bad uh, effort and a bad game, and especially one defensively where they've gotten lit up. So uh, I'm going to approach this game in a very unique, interesting way because I think there's potential that this is game one, maybe all over again. Because I think Vegas is a lot. I don't know if they'll win tonight, but I know they're going to play much better. That's just they're, they're well coached. Is a veteran group with Eichel and Marcia So and Stone and Carlson and uh every, and you know that's a veteran Petrangelo Martinez and Theodore among others on a great blue line four lines of depth one through six they'll be better if they and they know they have to stay out of the box they cannot put themselves in a position where five minutes into game two they've taken two penalties already not when you're talking about one of the best all-time power plays we've ever seen so they know that discipline's gonna have to be high for Vegas so I'm taking a shot with Vegas here, plus 160 uh, tonight uh, to take game three. But I'm also back on the Oilers team total again, uh, over three and a half. And I, I will just keep betting that until it loses at this point. And again, we're seeing this team total once again here at three and a half. A little more price attached to it now with the Oilers returning home here tonight for game three. So you're not getting the even money price on the Edmonton team total that you got in the first two games in Vegas, I'm seeing minus 136 uh, right now uh, with the Oilers team total over three and a half at Pinnacle. So I'm on that, but I'm also on Vegas money line. I think this could be like five four Vegas. 
you know, where again, Edmonton team total does hit, but Vegas ends up winning the uh, game. Um, I like the both teams to score in the first period. I know it fell short in game two uh, with Edmonton getting all four goals, none from Vegas, but I think this is definitely one of those games where we'll see both teams uh, find the uh, back of the net. And you're certainly, you know, you're going to get a nice plus price with that plus 135 or so. Certainly prefer that than laying the steep minus 170 or so out there with over one and a half uh, in the first period. So uh, I like both teams to score uh, in the first period. Uh, Vegas plus 160 and Edmonton team total over three and a half minus 136. A little bit of a unique way to go about it here uh, in this game. And I'll probably bet a live over, but not until we get a better price than this. I mean, it's already moved to seven in a lot of books and the others that are still have a six and a half are showing at minus 140 or higher as far as the juice is concerned. So my thought process there is just wait for a live opportunity and maybe we'll get a better price with a live over at that point. Uh, Alex, uh, game three, uh, Vegas, Edmonton. I don't think you get a chance to bet this live over. And just because of the fact of with the pace that, that we've seen with these two teams, even though they didn't get the uh, both teams to score in the first period, but it's just a high octane, up and down kind of style, and I think we can see goals quick. So what I'm doing, I'm making one bet, and this kind of covers the over and covers that team total. I'm going to go both teams to score three goals or more. Yes, plus one thirty. It's available at BetMGM. Uh, oh, that way, it covers you for it covers you for the over. And it basically, you know, uh, it, it's the same bet essentially. But also, like I said, you know, Edmonton, I don't want to go four at plus 105. I, I'd like to have more value with that number. Uh, and like I said, I'm not going to lay that big of a juice on a three and a half. And I do think Vegas will come with the pushback. And we've been seeing high scoring back and forth. So uh, that's, that's the only thing I'm looking at. It's the way to, to kind of attack a little bit of everything in one single bet. And with some decent uh, price value at, at about 30. So I go both teams to score three goals in one. All right, there we go. I like that approach. And again, we're going unique here. So I like uh, first period, both teams to score. Vegas full game money line, uh, small shot there. And also, of course, the Oilers team total over three and a half, which again is two and oh in this series. I'm going back to the well here with it again. But uh, I like that look. Both teams to score at least three goals at plus 130, you know, and a pretty good price with that, as you mentioned at uh, Bet MGM. So, uh, and in this kind of a series, uh, you know, uh, Vegas, especially like, I think Vegas, you're going to see a little bit of an offensive turnaround from them, uh, here tonight, uh, in this game. And plus one thing they were is I don't, they weren't openly, you know, saying the referees, because that's not the case at all. The referees didn't cost Vegas in game two, them taking penalties cost them, but they also thought that Edmonton, you know, could have been called for a couple of more penalties in that game and they weren't. So, you know, you might see the whistle start to move a little bit toward Vegas's direction here tonight, uh, here in uh, game three. They might get on the power play a little bit more. But again, it's going to be imperative for Vegas tonight and for the rest of this series. You've And they were one of the least penalized teams, believe it or not, in the NHL this season, the Vegas Golden Knights. But it is not exactly carried over into this series. They have been penalized way too much. And you just can't beat the Edmonton Oilers that way. With Dreisaitl, with McDavid, with Hyman. Uh, with Evan Bouchard, who continues to be just uh, just a weapon for the Edmonton Oilers, especially on the power play. Uh, yeah, he has been absolutely phenomenal, which leads me perfectly into the props. Look, it's minus 120, which isn't a great price, but Leon Dreisaitl goal score has to be a bet. It has to with what he is doing right now. And all things considered, with uh, especially when you look at the way he has played, 
here in the in this series so far. It's actually not that bad of a price, minus 120, all things considered, with just how dominant he's been and no problem whatsoever uh, finding the uh, back of the net. So uh, there's no question that um, I like uh, Leon Dreisaitl to find the back of the net again. Over one and a half points continues to cash for Dreisaitl. Uh, both games, he's had multi-point games for the uh, Oilers, so I'm going back to that as well. I think I've been on both him to score and the over one and a half points for him in this series in both games uh, so far. So back to the well there. Everything Evan Bouchard is worth a look, as I've talked about, the assist prop at minus 130. Hell, the goal prop at plus 400, and we saw him score in game two. The power play point prop. Uh, the point prop is out of the question now. We It's finally up to minus 190. I'm even seeing minus 200 now with Bouchard to get a point. So if you're going to bet any point prop, look more toward maybe the power play point, which is minus 125. Yep. You'll get a better price on that uh, because finally they're pricing this thing the way it should be on Evan Bouchard, minus 200 just to get a point at all, uh, even strength or power play. But still, whatever value uh, you can find with Bouchard props, worth a look. On the Vegas side, I'll tell you what, he scored their only goal in game two. He's on a point streak. Close shave Barbashev, Ivan Barbashev, plus 120 to get a point I like. Sprinkle on the goal prop uh, as well. I still think in terms of their value options for this Vegas team, uh, it's William Carlson uh, to score a goal. I could see it uh, here at plus 330. And Chandler Stevenson, who we've talked about uh, quite a bit in these playoffs. He's actually been one of their top goal scorers and plus 290 is what you can find on uh, Chandler Stevenson to score a goal. Uh, yeah, and uh, Mark Stone is on an assist streak, uh, just perfect. It's a good call by you uh, in the uh, chat. Uh, he's been more the assist man as opposed to uh, the guy scoring the goals and pu pulling the trigger. So you can get plus 125, plus 115 for an assist prop as well uh, on uh, Mark Stone uh, in uh, tonight's game, which I think is probably worth a look. Petrangelo as well. You know, his point prop and his assist props are probably uh, not a bad option either. Petrangelo has been uh, having a hand in the uh, Vegas offense as well uh, here in uh, recent games for them. Uh, but, yeah, it's a good uh, game to sprinkle on a bunch of different options. You're right, Mark Stone with seven assists here in the playoffs in seven games. Like I said, Stevenson is actually, I think he is their leading goal scorer. He's even got one goal more than the Stone, Carlson, Barbashev, and Eichel. Chandler Stevenson with five goals here in the playoffs and you're talking about almost plus 300 you know with him to find the back of the net tonight for vegas so great value there uh, no question yeah someone in the chat mentioning vegas first period yeah that might even be something like i'm going more full game but uh you know that first period with the team that didn't play well the last game or the team that's looking to step it up and show that sense of urgency early in the game has been a good bet look at new jersey yesterday in the first period look at toronto yesterday in the first period. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't talk anyone out of a Vegas first period look. You know, you would think that the first 20 minutes, definitely, uh, they're going to be um, ready to play from opening puck drop. Make sure they're moving their feet so they're not taking those stick penalties and those uh, infractions against this dangerous Edmonton team and putting them on the power play like they did early in game two, which really, quite honestly, crushed their chances early in that game of winning it. I mean, they were in the box. And it seems like it, it's a, that's what's amazing, Alex. The team's taking a penalty against Edmonton. You might as well throw a goal on the board. You yeah. know, why even bother trying to kill the penalty? Like they're scoring on it. That's how insane the the conversion rate lately has been of this Oilers power play. It's like up uh, every time now. I'm getting that sense when I'm watching an Oilers game. Up, oh, the other team just took a penalty. Here comes that Oilers goal. Here yeah. it comes. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's crazy. It's just, I mean, you you, you can't afford to do it. And, uh, you know, that's the thing that, you know, teams are going to have to try to figure out because it's not like Edmonton's going to just, you know, play finesse and not, you know, make contact. They're going to be physical. They're going to establish. So that that's the, the genius behind it is that they're, you know, able to draw penalties, you know, or, or find ways to, to, to get themselves into the power play and, and then score. It's, it's uh, like I said, it's a well-oiled machine, no pun intended. Uh, and, and if they can, you know, keep keep it rolling, it's going to be troublesome for anybody they face. You want, and you want to know how t- good that power play is for Edmonton? McDavid and Dreisaitl's power play point props. Well, McDavid's is close to minus two hundred, and Dreisaitl now is up to like minus one eighty, and that's power play point. You know, that's not even you know the regular point prop. That's the power play point props. So uh, that tells you just how dangerous uh, that group has been. You know, to be quite honest with you, if I look at Edmonton, whenever a home team, I find some of the supporting cast sometimes steps up a little bit more, you know, on occasion on home ice. I think if you were to look at it from a a Edmonton perspective in terms of goal props other than Dreisaitl and McDavid, like McDavid and Dreisaitl has 13 goals, McDavid has five, top two on the team, and then everyone else has three or less. Bouchard, Kaleem Costin, and Evander Kane have three. Clem Costin is someone that might be worth a couple of bucks sprinkling on the uh, goal prop simply because he has consistently been going to the, you know, middle of the ice, the slot area, right in front of the net, uh, and he's got, a, he's definitely got some playoff grit and playoff sandpaper to him, Clem uh, Costin, and he's been a real nice uh, find uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. And when he's been healthy, he, I, I've been impressed with his game. Big body, tough to get off the pucks, got a little physicality to him. He'll drop the gloves every now and then too. Uh, Clem Costin. So I like his game. He might be worth a bargain bin shot here uh, to find the uh, back of the net as well for the uh, Oilers tonight, uh, which is a, a nice price too, plus 580. I think Yamamoto too. He's had some chances. He's plus 550. Uh, some good value with both of them here tonight. All right. That's the uh, lone game tonight. Vegas and Edmonton looking forward to it following the draft lottery, which we're all excited about as well as we finally get to see who is going to get the opportunity to draft Connor Bedard and number one overall. Uh, thanks to everyone for joining us. As always, and a reminder, some uh, show notes before we uh, get to uh, Best Bets. We've got the BetCast tomorrow night, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern. Looking forward to it. Uh, it is going to be, I mean, it was definitely a wild BetCast last night, uh, or last week, I should say. Uh, and uh, we had Eddie Lack, actually a surprise guest. He actually might be joining us again tomorrow night. So uh, oh, nice. 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, make sure you join us for that. Uh, it's going to be Carolina-New Jersey game four. Uh, and Dallas-Seattle game for uh, tomorrow night. So those are the two games for the BetCast tomorrow night, Tuesday, May 9th, 7 p.m. Eastern, live betting and commentary with me. Alex will be on for at least a little portion of it. Uh, and, of course, uh, guests, viewers, and listeners, uh, welcome to join us. And if you want to join us for the BetCast, very simple, DM me at Bobano on Twitter or email Bobano350 at gmail.com to request a spot on the BetCast, and we will send you the link for the BetCast prior to 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, when it begins. So BetCast tomorrow night. We've got a great week of guests coming up. Former NHLer Jason Williams is joining us on the show uh, tomorrow. We've got our guy Chad Nairing who joined us a few weeks ago. He's coming back on Wednesday uh, to join me on the Wednesday show. Uh, We've got Patrick Giles joining us on uh, Thursday. We've got uh, Jimmy and Nate, our Friday roundtable, I believe, reuniting again. Uh, And then we've got Radislav Elo, uh, Slovak-born but now U.S. uh, resident. NH, a former pro hockey player joining us on Saturday. So it's a very guest heavy 
uh, week coming up here on the uh, ice guys. So looking forward uh, to all of that. And Alex, I know you'll be in and out throughout the uh, course of the week as you're heading home to the windy city. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be going home. Uh, like I do every year for, for mother's day week. So I'll be gone. I'll be gone for about nine days. So I will be on doing some shows there, but like I said, it'll be kind of sporadic. Like I said, I'll jump into the bet cast a little bit tomorrow and stuff. And uh, hopefully I'll be buying a brand new Hawks Jersey with a Bedard 98 on it potentially. So <laughs> looking forward to that. And we'll know in about four and a half, no, no, five hours, five, five, five and a half hours from now, if uh, that will indeed be happening for our guy, uh, Alex uh, B. Smith. All right. Best bets from for Vegas and Edmonton to wrap the show up in just a moment uh, right after we hear from Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS, that's promo code I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, it's about 14 million balls that you can preserve. The Performance Package 4.0 is the complete accessory package to take care of everything that is required. You've got, of course, the Lawnmower 4.0 takes care of your facial hair, uh, and among other things, uh, you've got, of course, the Weed Whacker. I'm approaching 40. Nose hair has become a major issue. It pisses the hell out of me. I need to take care of that shit, and the Weed Whacker can help you do that. Both of these products, waterproof and a 4000K LED spotlight for a more precise shave, and you'll also be able to take care of those delicate areas with the ball toner with the ball deodorant keep you smelling good looking good and feeling good down in the nether regions this complete performance package 4.0 will take care of everything for you for all you guys out there and it's courtesy of our good friends at manscape.com so get 20 percent off and free shipping with the promo code ice guys at manscape.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscape.com and use promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, it is time for best bets here on this Monday. Alex, uh, best bet, Vegas Edmonton, game three. What do you like? Yeah, the only bet I got, it's both teams to score three or more goals. Yes, at plus 130. That's available at BetMGM. Uh, some of the chat also mentioned that you can get that in a same-game parlay at DraftKings for the same price. So you have to be a little creative. Might have to play around with it, use the the different uh, apps and, and kind of search for it. But uh, MGM just has it already set up. So both teams to score three or more, yes, at plus 130. That's my best bet for today. All right, there you go. Good stuff. Uh, best bet there. Both teams to get to at least three goals at a plus price, plus 130 for Alex with his uh, best bet. Uh, this is definitely one of those games, too, with only one game on the board. You know, you can mess around with a little, you know, same game parlay type of deal. It definitely is that game. It feels like it would be worth it to do that. I'm just going to put one together right now because this is the obvious one. This is the this is the, definitely the high percentage one that I am uh, looking at right now. And I'm just going to see when I put, put it together what the uh, price is. You know, it won't be the best price probably, but it's still I, – I, eh, wow. Yeah, I love. I'll I'll be putting a, a more than a little amount on this. Like usually the player props, I keep it a small amount, but I will get in on this. This is a same game parlay player prop that I just put together, and these are the two obvious candidates: Leon Draisaitl anytime goal scorer, Evan Bouchard point. 
That's it. Just those two together plus 140. I, you know, that's plus 140 for, for those two combinations. Um, those two things happening, that's that's pretty good with uh, what we're seeing so far in this series. So that's Leon Dreisaitl, goal scorer prop, Evan Bouchard point uh, in a same-game parlay, plus 140. That's pretty damn good. That's a pretty damn good price for two things that are of a real, real, real strong possibility uh, of happening uh, here in uh, Game 3 tonight. Uh, all right, best bet for me, what I also think has a strong possibility of happening is the Edmonton Oilers scoring four goals again. Uh, something they have done, I believe, in all but one playoff game uh, so far through the first uh, two rounds. I'm just looking at it uh, right now. Uh, and yeah, it's actually, you know what? There was a couple games uh, in the uh, Edmonton series where they did fall below three, four goals. But they are on a streak right now, which was going back to the end of the L.A. series, where they've now gone, uh, scored at least four goals in five straight games. Five, six, five, six, and five have been scored by this Oilers team in their last five games. So uh, that's what we're going with tonight. Edmonton team total over three and a half minus 136 at Pinnacle. Uh, that is going to be my best bet for this Monday. Game three, Golden Knights Oilers. That'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. We appreciate it. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. Ryan C. with the comment of the day in our chat. Mitch Marner doesn't need Manscaped. He has no balls. Oh, ah. burn right there. <laughs> could say that for all four of those big guns for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs right now. Uh, but we've said enough about that. Uh, for Alex B. Smith, uh, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Monday night. Enjoy the draft lottery. Good luck to all the teams in it. And enjoy game three, Vegas, Edmonton. And we'll be back with you tomorrow on Tuesday, our daily double. The Daily Show, Jason Williams joining me, 2 p.m. Eastern. And then, of course, the BetCast, 7 p.m. Eastern tomorrow night. Join us again for the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. Mm -hmm.